0: Speaking of people who are not afraid of anything, how about you get your Bibles, whether it's uh, your paperback, your phone, or your iPad. Let's make the devil super nervous right now. Sound good? Okay. Say, "This is my Bible."
1: This is my Bible. I
0: can have. I can have. What the Word of God. What the
1: Word of God says I
0: can have. Says I can have. I can do.
1: I can do. What the Word
0: of God. the of God I can do. says I can do. And I am.
1: And I What am the
0: Word of God. What the Word of God says I am. Says I am.
1: You guys excited about that? Excited about the Word. Excited about the Word tomorrow. Today and tomorrow. What about Tuesday? What about Wednesday? That's good. What about Thursday? Yes. What about Friday? Yes. What about Saturday? Yes. All right. You guys go You're on. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Time to be together in your word. Lord, we just ask for the teacher, the Holy Spirit, to just reveal truth and set us free, give us direction, insight. And Lord, again, right in the middle of service, you just show up and fill yes. us with joy, and yes. we become strong in you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, you might be wondering, why on earth are we patriotic today? Uh, Theo Tinsley's memorial service was yesterday, and uh, he served in the armed forces, and so uh, we had the honor guard here, and Karina orchestrated uh, the service yesterday. It was beautiful, and so we just want to pay tribute to, to Theo and uh, his service to our country. And so... We have these flowers, so we couldn't have, uh, you know, fallish colors. When we have red, <laughs> white, and blue up here, so we just Joe changed. We the love over. red, white, and blue. Don't so we're we? We're trying to figure out. Let's see, Veterans' Days next month, and what? So, hey, here's my thing. We're all Americans, so we have an opportunity to vote. Y'all should have got your voter packets. So, if you're not registered to vote. Get registered. Oh,
0: so that's what the red, white, and blue is reminding us of. I love yes. it. Way to go!
1: Yeah. No, hello.
0: <laughs> Telling us to vote.
1: So vote. And could we uh, get a
0: few amens on that? Amen. Oh, man. Okay.
1: And uh, you know, when you vote, put your Bible next to the issues. And so many issues aren't just political anymore; they're moral, and the Bible speaks to moral issues on individuality, family, Uh, so believe it or not, the Bible talks about countries having their own sovereignty and protecting their borders, and uh, so what does the Bible say about that? So vote the Bible, and you will please, you will be a good patriot, so do that.
0: All right, so if you missed last week, we started a series called Raising a Family. This is Raising a Family Part 2, and we're going to go to our theme verse for this series, which is in Proverbs 22, verse 6. It says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go, and the values they've learned from you will be with them for life.
1: What a powerful verse.
0: Right. We're not going to really review what we did last week. If you missed last week, it is online. You can go and you can watch it. You can listen to it if you missed it, because there is literally so much on this subject that we are condensing, condensing, condensing. If you want to know the backstory of my husband and I, he writes literally seven to 10 pages of notes, and then he hands it to me and he says, cut it down. Because we know we won't get through that on a Sunday morning. And so he expects me to edit it down. But there is, what I'm editing, I, I told him, I said, it's all so good. And because there's so much in the Word of God about raising a family. And it's all good, but we're trying to get through what we can.
1: So yesterday, I affectionately called you the butcher. And so she <laughs> did her job. Um, but Realize this—that verse. Sometimes we we think, oh, "I'm done raising kids." If that if if that's you, but you got to realize, um, pointing your kids in the right direction never stops. Um, my grandmother uh, just passed away uh, earlier this. Oh, well, December will be a year. She, uh, but she was still pointing the rest of the family as a matriarch. Uh, She was still pointing everybody in the direction to go. She was going it herself. She was blazing a trail for all of us to follow. And uh, she continued to pray and to seek God till her last breath. And so just because, "Ah, my kids are gone or whatever, no, you still are in a role of pointing the way to go in life.
0: That's right. So we're going to start out with a bang. We're going to talk about something tough. But it needs to be talked about. We're gonna p- talk about a, what is a child centered home? Yeah, I said it. Yeah, you can all ooh it. What is a child centered home?
1: Man, you just didn't even just, you just bam, dropped bam, the bomb. Bam, I just
0: dropped the bomb. Didn't? <laughs> it? Don't you like it when just boom. Yeah, that's what just All happened. All right, here we go. Let's do it.
1: <laughs> Are children meant to be the center of the home?
0: <laughs> well, I'll tell you, God created uh, the mom and dad first, and he called it a marriage. And so the marriage is what came first. And sometimes when children enter the home, we, we just let that go out the window, and we forget that that's what God established first. And God established that first and means for when the children are raised that you go back to that. You got quiet. When the children are raised, guess what? It will go back to you or it should go back to the two of you. And here's the problem with child-centered homes is when that time happens is the couple looks at each other like, oh, I don't even know you. They don't know each other anymore because there was a child-centered home. The child was in charge. The child was number one, not each other. And when that happens, you, that's why you see marriages begin to break off and fall apart. Because they look at each other and like, uh, we don't have anything in common anymore. Why? You never went on a date? You never took time for each other? It was all about the kid.
1: And it's an easy trap to fall into. It it's, is it's a not very like,
0: easy trap to fall into.
1: Because, you know, raising your family is a tough job. It's the toughest job. Yeah. And it requires a lot of attention and a lot of dedication to raise a family. But the priority that takes work is to connect with your spouse. And Genesis chapter two, verse twenty-four says, Therefore, and this is repeated throughout the New Testament as well, but it originated here in Genesis two twenty-four. Therefore a man shall leave his father's mother and join to his wife and uh, they shall become one flesh. Mm-hmm. And so this is God's priority for a home, is the the parent, parents, to be the priority. It's easy to get out of balance. Very easy. And uh, one of the things that want to just be real practical about is how do we make, uh, whether a single parent or married, how do we connect either to God or our spouse and so we're setting a precedent we're setting an atmosphere that it's children are important and they are a priority but there's other priorities in the home as well
0: well we're going to go to the single parent in just a minute but why don't we talk about how we can continually connect while we're raising a family um, I know for for you and I, we had to continually go back to this subject. This is not a subject that's a one-and-done subject. This is a subject you have to constantly go back to because you can slip into areas so quick. Uh, I, you've heard us talk about it before that in aeronautical, if you just get off one degree you pretty soon after the course of, of time, you're really off. And I think in this subject, this is where we start to let things go little one degrees at a time. And before you know it, you are so far off track that this, this relationship has taken compromises and we have gotten in the habit of it and we've gotten used to it and therefore we don't even notice it. So um, I'm going to go to an area that some of you may be really strong in, and some of you may go, "Uh uh-oh, that might be something we need to look at. (laughs) So here is the area is when you and your spouse are apart during the day. Let's say you both work and you are reunited. Many times it is easy to make it all about visiting the child first rather than connecting with each other first. Um, Sometimes you might have one spouse at home. You might have one at the job. It doesn't matter whether you're both working or one is at home with the children or not. You still need to connect for a few minutes before you let the child connect because otherwise the child thinks I'm number one. I know this is getting really quiet in here, but this is going to help some of you. So, for instance, when my husband and I, would we were, had children in the home, when we would be able to see each other for the first time after we hadn't seen each other in a while, we took some time to say to the kiddos, okay, we are excited to see you, but you need to give Dad and I a few minutes, and here's the key word, uninterrupted. Okay, that's a big word uninterrupted for about 10 minutes so we can catch up with each other and then we're going to be all about you. Because then the child realizes this is important. We've got to talk about what's going on. Uh, many times I needed to catch him up to speed on, on a gazillion things. And here's what happens if you don't. The evening goes on. Before you know it, you and your spouse flop into bed exhausted. And by this time, you don't even care about catching each other up to speed. You're like, who cares anymore? I mean, let's be real. You're exhausted. And you just flop into bed. And then you're not, this is beginning to do this. And over the next day, it's doing this. And it's doing this. And it's doing this. And yes, I know I'm out of the light. And that's for a reason. Because pretty soon, I haven't told him a gazillion things. There's so many things he doesn't even know. I haven't even sh- shared my heart. I, have, I haven't even shared the facts, let alone my heart. Are you, are you following me? And the reason I say this is an issue you have to continually hit is because I know, because we've lived it, how easy that can happen and how quick that can happen. Because we've been there. We've done that. We've allowed other things to just bombard us, and then there's, there's, there's a gap here. And the kids will fall into that gap, and they will sense that gap. And many times the kids will play on that gap. Did you all hear me? They know mom and dad don't really know everything going on, so then I'm going to take which which parent I know is going to help me a little more than the other, and they'll play on it. It's because we're all human. It's not that they're a bad kid. It's that they're human.
1: You know, and if we don't have time to prioritize, which gives security to the family when, when the relationship is strong, that there's a sense of security, the family's strong. But we separate. We, as parents, do dumb things like, hey, talk to our kids. Don't, we're going to do something, but don't let the other parent know. See, that's a, that's a bad scenario to get in. And so you don't want to be doing yeah. b- behind someone's back plays with yeah. the kids, because that just only separates. The two of you got to have time together. Not a lot, but man, just catch each other up, 10 minutes, and then, then join the rest of the family. Uh, if you you're know, single. If-
0: can we Before we go to the single, if you have little kids in the home, now as the kids get older, they can understand time, and it's not as big if you just say, give us 10, 15 minutes. Give us 10, 15 minutes, and then we're going to talk all about your day. As they get older, they get that. But when you have little kids in the home, 10 to 15 min- minutes could seem like one minute. I mean, come on. A toddler, the one minute, and they're interrupting you going, isn't it over yet? So here's, here's a key for those of you who've got the itty-bitties in the home. Set, and if you don't have one, get one off Amazon. You know the little, little things you can set a timer and it's tick, 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 and then they can watch it go ding, and then they know I can go talk to mom and dad, and they can say, the timer went off. Because if you don't, they don't get it, and you're going to be interrupted a gazillion times. I've talked to parents who go, I can't seem to get the time. They still interrupt. That's because the kids don't understand time yet. So get something that helps them to understand. We set the timer a few times when we went, when it dings, you can come interrupt. And boy, you wouldn't believe when that timer ding, they were interrupted. But we'd at least gotten to connect. And here's the other thing. The kid understood this really means something. This is important for us to be able to communicate and find out about our day and about things that were tough, about things that were great.
1: You know, sometimes it's a matter of just breaking bad habits and starting good new habits. And so you just got to start somewhere. But yeah. the priority, single parents, just make some time for you and God. Yes. Get along, shut your bedroom door, get alone, with God and just go, God, here's my day. Here's what's going on. And uh, just spend some time talking to God in prayer. And then the kids realize, you know, your relationship with the Lord is more important than your relationship with them. And And all of us need to have. Toddlers, you
0: could set a timer for toddlers for time with God too. Mommy needs time to talk to God. Because honestly, if you are single parenting it, guess who your spouse is? God. And you need wisdom. If you come in exhausted from work and then you have to be bombarded with problem solving and you've not gotten God's take on any of it, The child, you'll be exhausted and worn out. If the child knows mommy's going to, you'll be happier with your kids, won't you? If you just spend a few minutes with God saying, God, I need wisdom for tonight. I need to love on my kids the way, help me to have self-control with my kids. Help me. You didn't even laugh at that. But I'm sorry. Sometimes I had to pray for that because they were pushing my buttons. The buttons they knew were like, my patience level was about, you know?
1: Let's talk about another thing. So we come back uh, as a family, and here's something that's kind of going by the wayside. You know, the number one problem with families today is our cell phones. Our cell phones are separating families big time because we spend more time on our phones than we do FaceTime interacting with one another. And so one of the things we can do and should do, in my opinion, it's only my opinion, but bring the kitchen table back into the house, and everyone sit around the table without phones, and eat a meal, break bread together, and that's the prime time, because everyone's got to eat, so use that as a great family time to just connect with each family member while you're eating. Hey, how was your day? You know, and just goes. each one's got an opportunity to talk while you're eating. When, And then uh, when everyone's done eating, clean up and go on with it the rest of the day. That is
0: so good. Um, I think what you're trying to say is many times during dinner time, um, and a lot of families have, have fallen into this where even if you're sitting at the table, the phones are at the table too, and pretty soon you're not even having any conversations because you're actually having conversations with your phone it's like can you put away the rest of the world for a few minutes and and be a family
1: that's not just family time that's you and i time that's that's
0: marriage time that's everything so that you can leave the phones
1: somewhere (laughs) lock them up because you don't want a third party in on your date
0: right so uh,
1: leave the phone somewhere else and it will improve guaranteed want to improve your family life? Have a set time. you put your phones away. You want a great marriage? Put your phones away for a set amount of time. So just OK, so I'm going to tell a,
0: another little story that um, will help you. Um, for a while, uh, my oldest daughter is an actual therapist, now a, a counselor, a uh, family counselor. But before that, while she was getting herself through her master's and all that, she was a nanny. And one particular family, she was nannying, um, they, and I'm, now I'm getting to the child-centered home, okay? Um, the, the parents told her, we don't ever want our baby to cry themselves to sleep or anything. You have to constantly hold them. And so um, my daughter kind of, even though she didn't believe that way, she was going with it until finally Her physical health was being affected. Her back was really starting to hurt because instead of teaching a child to lay down and go to sleep by themselves and self-soothe themselves, they were, she had, was told you have to carry this child on you, whether it's in a knapsack or whatever, you can never put this child down and allow them to figure out how to go to sleep on their own. So she had this baby attached to her at all times. And finally, she, my daughter called me and said, I guess I'm going to have to stop nannying for this family because I can't physically do this anymore. My back is killing me. And I said, have you tried talking to them and explaining to them how healthy it is to teach a child how to go to sleep on their own? And so she goes, Mom, I just don't think that's going to go over. And I said, try it. At least before you quit, have the conversation. So she finally had the conversation and she, she said, I, I, I'm, this is a resignation slash if you can problem solve this with me, I might stay. But here's the deal. I, I physically can't do this job anymore. What you were asking me to do is physically costing my body. And so the, the parent finally said, if you can do it and you can figure it out how to get my child to go to sleep on their own, I'm okay with it. And she said, well, your child's going to cry for a while because this is what you've you've set up. You know, this is, you you sleep with the child, everything. So you set this up on your own. You're going to have to understand the child's going to cry for a while. And the parent said, okay, I'm trusting you. And she got that child on a schedule. She got that child to self-soothe where the child didn't have to be attached all the time, didn't have to be with the parent all the time. And that parent came and thanked my daughter. And said, I feel like a free woman now. And I was like, well, me too. My back's feeling a whole lot better. I can actually stay with this job. And my daughter stayed with that family up until um, she had to switch over to counseling. And fell in love with the family and fell in love with the kids. But that is what I'm trying to help you all with. And even those watching is the child-centered home. We think we're, oh, we're protecting our kids. Stop. Kids need boundaries. Even as a baby, they need to know that they're gonna be okay. They're gonna be okay.
1: Yes. Yes. Kids can figure <laughs> it out. Gotta let them. You know. Do it.
0: We we coached for a while, teenagers. Even as a teenager, we you and I knew which ones were child-centered homes. Am I right?
1: Because a child would come in with the umbilical cord <laughs> still attached to the parent, and. Uh, asking all kinds of questions why their child wasn't the star of the thing. And it's just like, so, you know, didn't want to do it, but I had to bring in the hedge trimmers and just <laughs> cut that umbilical cord, cord off and tell them, get out of here and uh, let your kid be a kid and we can coach We them. We had a Put code them. word.
0: You and I had a code word as we coached. We'd, call it, we'd be like, okay, that one's a helicopter parent. We'll have to try and love, deal with the helicopter parent. So don't be a helicopter. Everybody knows when you're a helicopter parent except you. So don't be that, okay? Everybody knows. They're like, okay, yeah, that's a helicopter parent.
1: All right. How do we measure parenting? I mean, is there, we can measure so many things, but parenting is one of those things, you just kind of feel your way through and are we doing all right? I don't know. You know, a lot of people will measure it, uh, the quality time we spend with our kids, or. Um,
0: or quantity. Quantity. Many people are like, oh, it's not about quantity, it's quantity, it's all about quality. You
1: know, and sometimes we we uh, uh, post stuff, and look what I've done with my kids, you know, and you kind of know the parent, and they don't do a lot with their kids, and but on social media, they post stuff, And uh, you're like, you know, trying to get likes and accolades from a social community that really doesn't know your parenting style, and then uh, trying to get, you know, a little wind beneath their sails that they're doing right. And they check in a couple, okay, I did time. We had, I, I was there. We talked, check, check, and you're off being a self centered parent. And it's, It's tough to be a parent, and I get it. And you want people to praise you that you're a good parent. But we have to go back to to God's Word. And we have to sometimes parenting is one of those things where um, we're not always the friend of our children. What? You know, we got to be tough sometimes. And we got to make a decision. And we're the ones that are setting the direction of the home. And sometimes that's not popular. It's good but sometimes not popular. And so we got to be the parent that God's called us to be. And the, probably the acid test of where, how we're doing is when it comes down to do our kids trust us with their heart.
0: So good. So what I'm hearing you say is it's not necessarily a checkbox For if you've had quantity of time or quality of time, here's what you really want. And here's your goal in parenting is do you have their heart? Is there a relationship in place? Because you can check the box for taking a walk with your child. You know, some of you would be like, okay, I took a walk with my child. I check and checked the box. I spent time with them. And we had had a, a good conversation. Boom, boom. But you can have a conversation with a parent and not really have their heart. Do you have a relationship, and you just said it, where they actually trust you with their heart? And this is not something that you can check a box with. This is something you have to ask God to help you with. Now, many times, these time slots of when you will get their heart... I'm going, to give you a, I'm going to give you an example that's just, I think this will help you. Many times when, um, even adults, but children in particular, when they're going to bed, this is a time when they're going to let their guard down a little bit. And this might be times, and, th- and I warn you parents, many times we're exhausted at this time, and we don't want those conversations. <laughs> we're like, are you kidding me? Could you please go to bed? I'm exhausted. I know I was there. Okay. My hands raised. But many times this is when they will give you a piece of their heart. Example, I had, we had two daughters, two daughters who many times it was at night when I was about ready to close the door of the bedroom. And I heard these words and I'm not going to use names, but, and it it was maybe a boy's name and said, you know, I, I, I'm kind of interested in so-and-so. I kind of think I like him. Now that was a piece of their heart, a big piece of the heart. Now, whether here's where, and here's where a dad is really apt to go. Oh, my goodness, you don't need to be interested in boys right now. You're too young.
1: I'm the only man in your world.
0: (laughs) But here's what you do when you say that. If you say you're too young to think about boys, don't worry about it, you shut down their heart. And they have learned, okay, I'm not telling you anything. I know I just stepped on a gazillion toes right now.
1: Well, here's, you know, we have our public life that we live out in the world, and then we have our more, I don't know, intimate relationships in our home, our family life that, you know, we share together. But then there's this world that we all have in our heart. And this, go, this isn't just a parent thing. This is everybody. Everybody's got a private world in their minds and in their heart that you allow some people in and you don't allow others. And as a parent the trust issue is is this is this is the acid test do your loved ones open up their heart. You know a lot of couples struggle with this because we've been hurt in relationships so we we're married but our hearts closed to one another. And as children raising up kids like you said you're tired you're walking out the door and they mention somebody, you got a decision to make because they just opened the door to their heart to let you in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And if I, and I failed at this, just shut up and go to bed. You know, you're tired, I'm tired. What happened? Boom. They shut their door and they don't trust their heart with me anymore. Or... Same thing with her. We're laying in bed. I want to go to sleep. And she's like, honey, can I talk to you? (sighs) No. Go to bed. You know. She just closed herself to me, cries herself to sleep. And what did I do? I just trampled her heart. Well, kids are the same way. They're tender. And sometimes when they're tired and you're tired, they kind of relax. They let that wall down and they open up their heart a little bit. And when they ask you a question, or when they begin to talk to you, they're inviting you into their innermost private world that they live into, and they're probing you. You know, you got coworkers that do this with you. You know, when they're months, all the coworkers are just eh, you know fun and games. But all of a sudden, when you're one-on-one with somebody, and they know your values, and you love the Lord. All of a sudden, they might ask you a question one-on-one. What are they doing? They're testing you. Can I trust you with my heart? Mm -hmm. This is a private world. I'm not allowing anybody into ever. But can I trust you? And they'll ask you a question. Children are good at this. And if you crush that heart, it's going to be a long time before they let you in again.
0: You know, um, I'm just going to tell on myself here a little bit when our daughters were teenagers um, I knew that um, boys were going to be on their brain. I just knew it and I also made sure that my eyes were very observant with what was going on and I was one particular night I knew that a boy had hurt my daughter's heart and uh, I knocked on the door, she was already in bed, and I said, Can I come in for just a little bit? And she said, Yes. And I crawled in bed with her. And I said, I know you're hurting. And we began to talk. And we talked for a good half an hour as my daughter shared her heart. Now that wouldn't have happened if I'd already if I'd ever shut her down or I'd I'd made made it a hard thing to talk about but because i had allowed if i, I had allowed her to trust me with some things concerning voice and she knew i hadn't shared them there were times when she'd say i know dad thinks i'm the only the only one in his life so don't don't make dad feel bad that's literally what she said don't make dad feel bad that I am really falling for someone else, because I know I had always told dad I was going to marry him. I mean, she, I mean, we'd giggle, we'd laugh together. But she's like, I, I don't want dad to ever feel bad, because I am still his girl, but, you know, she's falling for someone else.
1: Funny story. Our um, oldest daughter brought her boyfriend home for the very first time, and our youngest daughter, she, she knew. She heard the car pull up, she goes, Dad, go get the shotgun now! <laughs> <laughs> So I did, you know. It's <laughs> good advice, actually. Um, but, you know, back to this this heart. Let me read a scripture. I'm going to jump ahead to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And I'm going to violate the scripture maybe a little bit to fit into our message, but I think it it does the Scripture justice as well. Guard their heart above all else for it determines the course of their life. And so this is an important thing. And let me just, as an adult, uh, young in ministry, we we're serving a, another pastor, and uh, he was a mentor to me. And uh, so I can trust you. And trust is earned, right? You don't just... Hey, my new friend, here's my heart. You don't. No one does that. So as I got to know this guy, it's like, you know, I'm going to share a little portion of my heart. So I did. Guess what he talked about the next Sunday in front of everybody? My heart. I never trusted him with my heart ever again. Because I don't want that. And as our, raising our kids... You know, we had to be very careful that they would share something in our home, and then we'd get up on, in the pulpit and go, let me give you an example. Our kids, you know, and, uh, and a lot of pastors do that. And, uh, and we may have violated that a little bit here and there, but. Uh, Most of the
0: time we got their permission. We'd always we'd try always to get, get their, their permission.
1: permission. Because, because you're taking something precious. You know, the Bible says don't cast your pearls before swine in other words if you open up your heart which is pearls and the people don't value your gems out of your heart and they just trample on it like it's dirt like a pig would you're not going to give your precious treasures out of your heart ever again so we got to be careful with each other's heart cuz when it when you get those gems from their heart If you don't treat it right, that heart's going to be closed, and you'll never get it back again. And this is the private life of every individual, and that door only opens once in a while. And if you violate the trust, you've done yourself a big disservice. And it's so, so hard to get that trust back again.
0: Would you stand with us? Are you getting any nuggets? I so hope so. You know, if you are, uh, wow, okay, Holy Spirit. Mm. I need you to close your eyes before God. As we're going through this series on the family, there's a few individuals in this room who you're not thinking about the family raising. You're thinking about how you were raised. That's what was going through your head. And I'm going to go back to what I shared at ministry time. Get that under the blood. Get that under the blood. As we're going through this Raising a Family series, you're going to find that your parents were human. They made mistakes. Every one of us in this room have made mistakes. Get that get the past and the hurt that you are dealing with right now get it under the blood and look at it through Jesus's eyes rather than your eyes look at the situation through his eyes his eyes are if there's forgiveness available and those of you in this room who are in the midst of feeling like i failed i failed As a parent, once again, the blood is available today for you to go, you know, I have missed it as a parent. There's not one single parent in this room that can say, I did it all right. So get it under the blood. Say, I'm going to choose whether I have raised my family and now I'm just a, a guidance. I'm just a... A phone call or whatever, whatever you are, get it under the blood so that you can be everything today that you are meant to be. Pastor Greg, would you help individuals as far as just getting right with God?
1: If you're here in this room or watching online, and you're just not right with God. The blood works for forgiveness of sins and our past, and we can pray a prayer and we can become a new creation in Christ. We can get a second chance or a hundredth chance in Christ, but we have to give our heart to Christ that we can trust. We can trust our life with him because he gave his life for you and me. On the count of three, if you're in this place, So raise your hand. When we get to three, Pastor Starling's gonna lead us in a prayer. Same with you online, y'all ready? One, God loves you. Two, Take advantage of this opportunity. Three, raise your hand in this place. Amen. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. 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 Praise God. Yes. Thank you,
0: Lord. Thank you, Lord. Those watching online or hearing by the sound of my voice, if you need to get right with God, can you repeat this prayer with me? Say, Heavenly Father.
1: Heavenly Father. I thank you. I thank you.
0: For the blood of Jesus. For the
1: blood of Jesus. That
0: forgives me. That
1: forgives today. me. Today. Today.
0: Where I have fallen short. Where
1: I have fallen short. Of
0: your best. Of
1: your best.
0: And I ask that you would be
1: And I ask that you would be Number 1. Number 1.
0: Not only savior.
1: Not only savior. But lord
0: of my life. But lord of my completely life. Completely in charge.
1: Completely in charge. I thank you. I thank you. You died. You died. But you rose again. But you rose again. And
0: you are alive today.
1: And you are alive today. And I receive Receive and I receive
0: everything, everything you have for me.
1: You have for me. I'm a new creation. I am a new creation in Christ. In Christ,
0: old's passed away.
1: Old has passed away.
0: All has become new. All
1: has become new.
0: In Jesus' name.
1: Jesus' name.
0: Amen. 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 Amen.